So every time I start these episodes, it just reminds me that I do not know how to get into things because <laughs> I get really awkward. I'm like, hello, hi. <laughs> so ultimately, just welcome to another episode of Earth to Tanya. Um, Today's going to be kind of a lengthy episode and I have my first guest, which I'm so excited about. Um, because it's someone that I love and I care about so, so much. Um, but just a reminder to you guys, I want you guys to be on the podcast too, sharing your stories, sharing your life experiences experiences with us, um, because we're all going through it. You know, we all have our, our struggles, our battles, our baggage, and it's such a beautiful thing to see what community does and it brings forth healing and just like it reminds us that we're people who need one another and um yeah dm me if you want to be on the podcast i do have a few people already lined up to share their stories with us over the next few weeks so stoked for that and so thankful like y'all don't know like i opened up last week with my own story to kick off this whole thing and the love that I received and the encouragement, the prayers, the vibes, like, man, es algo tan lindo poder saber que la gente te escuche y que te digan, estoy contigo, like, I'm there with you, I'm, I'm rooting for you, it's beautiful, so thank you guys, I love you. So without further ado, just because this is a lengthy episode, I'll stop talking. I'll, I mean, I'm going to keep talking in the next segment, but this intro, we're done. All right. On today's episode, I'm going to um, bring in someone really special to me, um, someone that I really care about and someone that I really love. And um, it just felt right to have someone that's close to me as we continue on this journey of sharing our stories and sharing about um, just our life experiences. Uh, This person is um, not only a friend, but also um, someone that I consider possibly one of my best friends, even though I'm possibly not her best friend, (laughs) but I'm okay with that. (laughs) Um, I've known her since she was, how old were you? I was, I think, seven when you started. Yeah, when I started what we started. She was seven years old. (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, yeah, so she was really young. We were both really young. um, And she's been a part of my life ever since. Her brother is my husband, and so she's my sister-in-law. And um, for those of you guys who listen to me because you know me through Instagram, um, you'll know that this is Angelina. So, Angelina, welcome on to Earth to Tanya podcast. And so, um, just to kind of bring it all in, um, what this podcast is about is about sharing, obviously, our life stories. You know, we all go through things, um, through mental health issues, through, you know, depression. Um, We go through seasons of life that are really difficult. And um, when I was going through my own difficult season last year, Um, you were there a lot of the time and you saw kind of like my own breakdown, which was so crazy because, um, ever since you've known me, you've known that I've been pretty social and you've, I've been really just loud 
person and always pretty happy. Um, but this was a crazy time in my life. And so um, she was there for a lot of it. And in this whole season of life, you know, I was so caught up with my own story and my own um, just things that I was going through that I failed to realize the things that she was going through. And it wasn't until um, we went to Dallas in March, right? It was March? Yeah, beginning of March. Beginning of March, we went to Dallas to go visit a friend. And um, obviously, I knew that things had been going on. She was kind of seeing this person. And um, I knew there were some issues that were happening. Um, But one night, we were just talking. We were hanging out. And you know, our conversations tend to go pretty deep. And then she started opening up about um, what she was going through and what had happened and kind of what led to our trip. That trip, I think, was like the beginning of her healing process. And um, and yeah, she shared some pretty crazy stuff that I had no idea. And I think conversations like these that are open and honest and vulnerable are important because we begin to realize that we need each other to to bring healing. We need each other um, to be able to experience just um, what community is. And what community is, is um, talking and healing and loving on each other and being there for each other when things are good, but also when things are bad. And so, um, I mean, Angelina, I'll let you continue on because I could talk the whole time. <laughs> I see that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, hey guys, um, my name's Angelina. You guys can call me Ange, Angela. That's Angie. my. Don't say her. That's true. <laughs> that's that's Tanya's name for me, Angela. Um, but basically, um, I know that we mentioned that Tanya met me when I was seven. I'm 23 now, about to turn 24 yeah. in like six months, mm-hmm. five months, I think. Um, so that's crazy to know that I've known her for that long. Basically um, all your life. Yeah, basically all my life. Yeah. Like all, I could say like all my fashion sense, makeup, skincare, like things that I'm into is because like Tanya introduced it to mm. me at such a young age. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that you are the way that you are because of me. Um, no, but yeah, basically um, Tanya's been a big part of my life. And she's been there through a lot of things, Um, specifically the situation she was there from the very beginning. Um, And I think I, like she mentioned, it wasn't until our Dallas trip that I like fully opened up to her about this. Um, But a little bit about me, um, like I mentioned, 23 going on to 24. So I'm, I'm still young. Right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> After 25, I mean... <laughs> I know, right? So have two more years. It's like two more years. <laughs> um, but I have gone through, like, my... I wouldn't say fair share of things, right? Is that the term? No, right? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where you're going, so... <laughs> well, let's just say that I've gone through some things. Um, I do come from, like, a broken household. Um, my parents got divorced when I was very young. Um, with other situations that I don't really mention unless this person's very close to me but whatever um what else uh, so yeah come from a broken household um and the last four years I was in a toxic relationship and that's mm-hmm. basically what we're going to get into today 
yeah, it was pretty toxic. Um, and there were so many times when we would tell you this and we would bring it up to you. And I, I know you would get upset at the moment because who wants to be told things mm-hmm. like that? You know, who, yeah. who wants to be told like things that you already know? Yeah. Um, it had to be at your moment when you were ready to finally get out of that place. Sure. But yeah, it was it was toxic and it was really hard because not only do we love Angelina, you know, me and my husband, but the person that she was um, involved with, you know, was another person that we loved very much too. And to a certain point, um, even myself, like we were very close and we would talk and, you know, it was crazy because Angelina, when she finally opened up, I, I couldn't believe the things that she was saying because it just felt so it didn't feel like that was him but again we don't really know a person until we um really see their true colors and usually that's while in a relationship with them but um so um Angie why don't you tell us how you actually met that person that you were in a relationship with so I met him like I said about four years ago um, and I met him through, actually, wasn't it you? <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was through Tanya, y'all. It was through her. Uh, no, I'm kidding. So the reason that we met was because, so we met around February, mm-hmm. four years ago. Um, and I remember that December, so the December right before that like year. meeting him. Yeah, mm-hmm. meeting him. Um, little backstory. I got a laptop. I basically needed, um, Word. Oh, dang, that's right. In that laptop, Mm -hmm. like Word Microsoft, because I was about to start school. And obviously with school, there's a lot of Mm -hmm. essays that you need to write. So I remember going to like Apple a few times and it was just so expensive. They were like, they Mm -hmm. wanted to charge me like $180 for something that I had to like renew. I don't know how often. Basically, um, I knew of this person um, because he was going to church with um, Tanya and my brother David, and he was all into like tech, fixing like phones. He just knew all things technology, tech. Mm-hmm. Like that was his thing. Um, so Tanya's like, oh, like I know someone who could like hook it up, and I was like, no, like for some reason, like in my mind, I was just like, no, like I'd rather just go through Apple. I don't mm-hmm. know, like why, if I knew it was more expensive. Point is, um, the date was getting getting closer, like when I had to when I had to start school. So I just reached out to him, and mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I need this, and he's like, yeah, I got you. And the funny thing is that while, um, like while he was putting this whole like system into my computer never once did we meet face to face oh that's right yeah yeah because I was just so busy he had his own Mm -hmm. schedule so it was basically like I think I gave it to my sister one day and she gave it to you and then you dropped it off at his shop at that time Mm -hmm. um so we never personally face to face met um and then I think in about a month in um it was my grandparents 50 year anniversary and it was held at David and Tanya's church um, and I remember the day before we had to go and like help and decorate, but at the same time, um, you guys were running youth that night yeah, we were. and, um, this person was like highly involved. He was actually one of the youth leaders mm-hmm. along with Tanya, um, there. 
So I remember seeing him there and I knew he knew me and I knew that obviously I knew him. Um, and I was like doubting of like saying hi because it was just awkward, mm -hmm. but I didn't want him to think I was rude. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to go up. Basically I went up, you know, said hi to him. And I think about a few weeks after we just started talking through like social media. Prior to this though, you had kind of stopped going to church, right? Yeah. You weren't going to church actively. You weren't a mm -hmm. member anywhere. You just, just doing your own thing. Yeah. So basically I grew up going to church as like that's all since I was young mm -hmm. since I could remember um and then we stopped going it was my mom my sister and I we stopped going in about around like high school yeah I, I have to think it was like maybe you guys left the church like 2011 2012 yeah it was like around around high school mm -hmm. and basically from that time until like my early like college years I was not going to church. I was just basically living, <laughs> living my life. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I was not going to church. So then, um, you ended up coming to that service and you met him, you said hello and all that. And then you were saying that you guys started talking from then, from that youth night. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. We started talking from that youth night and we were just talking and just getting to know each other. And honestly, like we were vibing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then shortly after he kept on mentioning like, Hey, you should come to church. You should come to church. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, not ready to step into a church. I just felt like, because it was just so many years, I didn't know how I was going to feel again, stepping yeah. into a church. And I remember one night he messaged me and he was like, hey, so like, what church do you go to? And mm. I was like, uh, in my mind, I was like, damn it. Like, if I tell him that I don't go to church, like, I don't know what, like, we'll probably just stop talking. Mm -hmm. But I told him the truth. I was like, well, I'm currently not going to a church right now. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, well, whenever you want to talk about it, whenever you want to get together, like, know that, there, like, there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, I would love it if he came to, like, one of our services. And I was like, okay. So I always kept that in mind until eventually I went. Mm -hmm. And I feel like ever since, like, I stepped into a youth service, I started going Sundays. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it just became, like, I was just going yeah. <laughs> again. Yeah, I remember that was kind of, like, the catapult to bring not only you in, but then um, your sister Leslie. Oh, that's my right. My other sister-in-law. Um, then she started coming too. And even at a point, your mom was my coming. My mom yeah. started coming, yeah. Yeah, so it was it was kind of crazy how that whole situation happened. It's, a, it's bittersweet, honestly, because it's like, you know, things could have been so different, you know. But yeah, for sure. So I, I will say that he was a big part of me, like, going back to church. Yeah. Um, so then he ended up bringing you back to church and then you started attending. When do you think things turned romantic? I think very early on. Mm. I think it's because we were vibing. Um, we had gone a while. Actually, funny story. We had started talking and like I said, I was just kind of doing my own thing. I was actually playing like hard to get. Mm -hmm. I remember because he, he actually texted you, right? Yeah, he did. Because I remember you messaged me one night and he's like, hey, like, are things good with so-and-so? And 
I was like, what are you talking about? And you were like, oh, he's like mentioned that you haven't been like replying back to him. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, like, I don't know. I just wasn't like off the back. Like I was into him, like we're vibing, but I just, I don't know. I just didn't want to like start yeah. talking to him. And so I took that into consideration and then I messaged him. And I feel like ever since that point, mm-hmm. because I felt that he wanted to talk to me, I was like, okay, like, let's just see where this goes. And yeah, I feel like early on, it started becoming like a romantic relationship. Yeah. So then I remember um, when you guys started talking and it became more serious, you actually, it, did it become official for that first time that you guys got together? Yeah, if because I remember you brought him around with the family even, and that's that's a big deal. Yeah, with the Barrera family, you bring someone oh, home. Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh my god, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it became. We made it official. It lasted like three months. Yeah, and I think the reason why we introduced each other to our family so quickly was because it felt like. At least, as long, like, I'm speaking for myself, mm-hmm. like, he, it's not that he checked off every single, like, in the beginning, mm-hmm. he checked off every single category. Right. Um, Christian guy. He was a Christian guy, going to church, we had, like, the same upbringing, mm-hmm. um, his family was, was is Hispanic, um, he speaks Spanish well, like, he was in ministry, he was in ministry, like, there was just so many things, and I'm like, to my mind, I was like, this is it, yeah. like, you know, like, this is who I'm going to, like, marry, like, um, and, yeah, so that's, I think, the reason why I brought him Mm -hmm. to the family at such an early stage, stage, yeah, then again, I was young, yeah, younger, yeah, um, and, I don't know what I was thinking, (laughs) don't bring so-and-so to your family until, like, you know for sure that yeah. this person, yeah. Yeah. So then it lasted three months because even though on both sides, you guys kind of checked off those boxes. Well, we can only assume so. Um, but what made you guys stop dating? So I remember I had gone to Mexico for mm-hmm. about, we were still dating. Um, I had gone to Mexico for about like three weeks, almost a month. I was gone for a long time. You were. And being in Mexico, um, we just, we weren't talking so much as I thought we would, Mm -hmm. which is understandable. Like, you know, I want to spend time with my family that I don't see often, you know, I'm doing, you know, you're in another country. Yeah, I'm in another country visiting certain places. Like sometimes there's no time to be you know messaging each other all the time but when I came back I noticed that he was just kind of in a sense like avoiding me like Like, distant distant. Mm -hmm. he just seemed so distant from the last time I had seen him and so I remember asking him about it Mm -hmm. and he's like you know what like I think honestly this is all I remember from (laughs) from that time he said let's give it three days Let's talk. I think he talked to his parents. He asked me to talk to someone that I kind of looked up to that was, like, in a relationship, long-term relationship. I remember I spoke with one of my aunts, Mm -hmm. 
And he's like, let's give it three days. And if it three days we feel like we just don't feel peace about being in this relationship, then let's just like call it quits. Call it quits. Okay. So three days went by. We ended up like meeting, talking, and he was like, you know what? He's like, I just don't feel peace about this. Like the day that I want to be with someone or be with you is because I feel peace about knowing that like this is what we're supposed to do. Hmm. And I was like, okay. And obviously, like I was sad. Like I was upset because at this point, three months have you know had gone by, and we were like, you know, going out, dating. Um, and everyone knew, like we yeah. all knew that. They were kind of, like, exclusive with each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I remember, I think it was, like, a day before his birthday that we ended things. Damn. <laughs> and then he ended up going to Vegas. Like, <laughs> what? Okay. Are you sure you didn't want to, like, you know, mm. just call it quits because you wanted to go to Vegas and do your thing? But, mm. okay, whatever. Um, but we decided, let's stay friends. And Mm. I think that's where if I could go back, Mm -hmm. I would have changed that. To not be friends with him? To not be friends with him. Yeah, because honestly, it does take a lot of, I think, A, maturity, and B, responsibility to be able to handle something like that. Because I know that I've been in a relationship where... I couldn't stay friends with that person just because there was so much damage done and there were so many things said and I I needed to separate myself from that. And I'm glad that I did. And and I know of friends that have stayed um, friends with their exes and they've been really good about it because they're both mature people. Not that you aren't mature, but I think you guys were still so young in a sense yeah you guys didn't know how to handle that I think about it now and I think about like the state that I was in Mm -hmm. back then I was just going back to church yeah um I was just living before then I was living a lifestyle of just going out Mm -hmm. partying you know doing whatever you want doing whatever I wanted and then as soon as like this guy I think what what caught like what got me and what made me think like oh this is it like Mm -hmm. I want to marry this person is mainly that he just went to church honestly so no other real because I mean obviously like I was attracted to this person and you know we had a good time Mm -hmm. but thinking thinking about it now like we were just so different yeah and which is not a bad thing like there's couples that are just like different from each other but we just besides us having a good time and it there's just now obviously no like retrospect yeah exactly um there and now a... i guess knowing more about the lord mm-hmm. and like his scripture and what you know he has to say about like marriage he just wasn't a potential like husband at least for me mm-hmm. like you know, yeah, yeah, looking back you. at it. But back then, I was just like all for it. I was like, yeah, let's go, you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's do this. Well, yeah, I mean, you had been removed from church. Not that you were removed, but you were not in a church for so long. And you come in and right away you start dating someone. And you're kind of like looking at things from like a ro- rose-colored lens. Like it looked pretty and it looked desirable. Yeah. Like this person is like perfect. And it almost seemed like, I feel like, in a lot of ways, you felt this different type of emotion towards him because 
he kind of brought you back to your roots. Yeah. And you felt like that special connection, like it, it's weird. And, and that's, I think what made it harder in a lot of ways yeah. too, because sure. that brought, honestly, that brought us all together kind of too. Like yeah. we we're all going to church together again. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of, you know, our whole family at this time, you know, we had all kind of, um, broken off from our churches, you know, our grandmother, she was a pastor of a church. She retired. And then, um, her daughters, which are our aunts kind of like were in the middle too. And they started coming to church with us. And so everything kind of seemed perfect because we were all together in one place. Mm -hmm. So I felt like in a lot of ways, yeah, like that kind of connected you to him even more because he was ultimately the reason why you came to our church. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's crazy. So then um, you guys obviously broke it off and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and you guys were off and on after that. And you didn't really tell anyone about that. It was more secret. You guys were friends. Um, but you guys were obviously like still attracted to one another and everything. But when did you realize that things or something shifted in your relationship? Or that things became toxic? I think the moment that... We had to keep it secret, Mm -hmm. right? Because someone, I understand this now, but someone that wants to be with you, like truly be with you, Mm -hmm. they're not going to want to keep it secret. Like they don't care, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And with this person, we felt a need to keep it secret. My, I guess, I... To be honest, I didn't want to keep it secret. Yeah. Like, I wanted everybody to know, like, hey, you know, we're talking, we're exclusive, don't yeah. talk to him. <laughs> um, but on his end, I noticed that, like, we had a, uh, we had a good group of friends. Yeah. And until this day, I still talk to those three, mm-hmm. <laughs> besides him, obviously. Yeah. Um, and we started becoming, you know, a, a good group of friends. And we were hanging out a lot, going out a lot. Um, you know, coming to youth together. And I started realizing little things such as like, you know, social media plays such a huge part now. Like Mm -hmm. you could record where you're at at all times and posted who you're with, Mm -hmm. so-and-so. And so so he was the type of person that would record a lot and post himself a lot. He was very active on social media. Yeah, exactly. And I started realizing that he would record everybody except for me. Wow. And he wouldn't. I remember one time... It bugged me so much because he was recording that. I think we had like a game night or something. Mm-hmm. And he was recording um, who he was with. And when it came to recording me, he put an emoji face on my face. Oh, wow. And I was the only one that had that emoji face. Mm-hmm. And so then I started realizing, like, why does he not want to post me on social media? Mm-hmm. And I think I confronted confronted him about it, and he was just like, well, you know, I don't want people to think that we're, like, dating and, okay. you know, this and that. Point is, I started noticing things like that, mm-hmm. um, and then it got to the point where um, he started comparing me a lot to this one girl mm-hmm. who said that it, she was his best friend. Mm-hmm. And he would just always compare me to her. Like, why can't you be more like her? Mm. Um, And then it got to the point where we started joking around with each other. But to the point where it became, like, very, like, heavy. The way that we... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. 
and he would say certain things that would just put me like on blast in front of others um and I think that's when I just started noticing like the shift in our relationship Mm -hmm. of how we were you know secretly going on dates yeah without posting it like on social media or anything um and then when we were in front of like our friends he would like always mention of like how you know he's single because of this reason or mm-hmm. you know he would just he would demean you a lot yeah too. he would exactly. bring you down because he thought it was funny I recall a few times too that he would just say things just because without no reason just like try to bring you down you know yeah and I think he would always use the excuse of like oh that's just the way that I was like raised mm. you know in our family we just you know make fun of each other which it's like I I understood because I mean Tana you know like mm. we come from like the same yes. like our family like our way of showing love to each other mm. is by like roasting each other mm-hmm. but his roasting was just different his was just like to always bring me down belittle mm. me um, situations where he would always call me, like, stupid, um, also, if you guys know me, or you guys have seen me, I'm very small, (laughs) I'm five foot two, I don't have, like, a lot going on in the back area, (laughs) and he would always make that a point, like, Mm -hmm. he would always be like, you have no butt, and this, and this, and that, Mm -hmm. and I would take it as, like, oh, ha, ha, yeah, like, you know, jokingly, but, at the end of the day, like, it would bother me, you know, because, like, this is a guy that you like, and you feel like you don't find, or that he doesn't find you attractive, Mm -hmm. you know, so then slowly, I started noticing how my character and my way of being started changing, Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't be myself around our friends, I felt like I couldn't be myself around, like, him like I was trying to fit myself into a bubble like his bubble I was trying to fit myself into what he wanted me to be yeah um yeah did you ever um I remember we took uh at this point you were very involved in church and you started serving Mm -hmm. um you became a part of our, our leaders group and everything and one year this Going on to three years, right? When we went to Seattle. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. When we went, uh, we went up north because our main, our main church was up there. And we were flying back. And um, was it that we were supposed to give him a ride home or something? But then someone ended up picking him up, right? He, at the airport, so we were all talking about, like, who was going to pick us up when we mm-hmm. landed. Because we all had different flights. Yeah. Like, you guys landed in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Him and I, we landed in Santa Ana. Yeah. Um, my sister landed, like, in L.A. or something. <laughs> like, we just all landed in different airports, different. right? Um, so I remember him telling me, because it was late, too, when we yeah. had landed. I think you guys landed first, but we yeah. took, like, a, a, what is it, later flight. Um, so I remember him telling me like, Hey, um, I don't know who's going to pick me up. Can you give me a ride home if so-and-so doesn't pick me up? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, and I think I just told him like, just can't like, I'll just give you a ride. Right. Like we're together. Like, you know, why is this person going to come? Exactly. And then I'm, I'll just take you. And he was like, no, 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 no. It's just like, if this person can't. And I'm like, okay. So I remember us getting here and I think you're the one that picked us yeah, up, right? Yeah, we picked you guys up. Mm-hmm. We get here to where you live. Um, and my mom was actually with us as well because she went mm-hmm. with you guys to mm-hmm. pick us up. And 
he, instead of waiting there with us for the so-and-so to pick him up, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to take off. And yeah. we're like, where are you going? And he's like, oh, um, they're going to meet me at the church parking lot. Yeah. And we're like, okay, cool. And there was something in my heart, like, it's just, I knew that he was lying. Mm-hmm. And I knew that whoever was going to pick him up was... Not the person. He not had the said. person that he had said, mm-hmm. and he he didn't even say who was who was going to pick him up. Mm-hmm. I just knew that there was just something fishy about it. Right. So I remember telling my mom she was driving my car, and I told her I'm like, you know what? I was like, go around to where the church parking lot is. He wasn't even there, so we turned the street that's like right mm-hmm. we, right after the, the the church parking lot. And he's walking down the street with, like, his luggage in the dark, and he's on the phone with someone. Mm-hmm. And so my mom, being my mom, pulls mm-hmm. over <laughs> and was like, are you sure you don't want to ride? And he was, like, kind of, like, caught off guard. Like, yeah. he didn't know that, like, we were going to be, you know, down that street. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know who picked him up that night. Till this day, I do not know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling it was a girl. Yeah. Um the girl that I had brought up earlier about him being really good friends with her, mm-hmm. I had a feeling it was her, but till this day, I really don't know. Yeah. But he started just doing things like that. Yeah, he became a little bit more sketchy about yeah. stuff like that. Um, so then, did you, obviously, this is when you started noticing the red flags. Mm-hmm. Did he, at this time, do you feel like he was talking to other people while he was kind of leading you on? You know what? To answer this question truthfully, at times I feel like he was, Mm. but majority of the time I felt like he wasn't. Mm. And the reason why I feel like he was never talking to anybody was because we would always hang out. Right. Like there was a point where we would see each other every single day. (laughs) And we would just always be like at each other's places or we would go out and eat. Like we were just always together. Mm -hmm. So I thought if... He's always with me, like... There's no chance. There's no... Like, he's not with anybody else. Right. So I always, like, kept that in mind. I was like, no, like, he's always with me. Like, there's there's no one. Right. Okay. So, in this whole time, you know, we know of the, like, the verbal... um, Just the toxicity around that and just belittling belittling you in front of people, but did... Do you feel like if it ever got, like, physical, did he ever physically abuse of you? So, like I mentioned, we were talking for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, the more comfortable that we got with each other, I feel like the easier it was for him to be more verbally abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until certain situations had happened. Um, to be honest... And this is so bad. We were both going to church. We were both serving. Yet, he was really into this lifestyle of, like, going out. Mm. Going out to, like, the bars. Going out to, like, clubs. Mm. You know, we had, like, a Vegas trip together with our friends. And we were were just doing things that we knew that we weren't supposed to be doing. You know, getting Mm. off, getting drunk. Um, And I kind of, like, followed that lifestyle. And to be honest, I mean, you know me. I'm not Mm -hmm. the type of person to really be into that lifestyle. I've never been the type of person to fall easily into peer pressure. Yeah. One, because I just, it doesn't interest me. But for some reason, it's just, 
I got caught up, caught, got caught up in it yeah. with him. Um, and there's a certain situation where it was never physical abuse, but he did shove me mm-hmm. pretty hard yeah. to the point where like our friends had to get involved. Was he intoxicated at this point? He was. Okay. We both were. Mm. Um, and I think that's the only, um, time that I recall that it got to the point where it could have been physical abuse. Did you guys fight often, like, have, like, explosive fights or... Oh, all the time. Really? All the time. We would do it mainly, like, in our own time, Mm -hmm. not in front of, like, friends, really. Um, But as, like, towards the end of our relationship, um, it got to the point where, like, our friends were even involved and got Mm -hmm. to see, like, that side of us. Mm -hmm. And was constantly, like, yelling at each other and, like... And you guys weren't even dating. We weren't even dating. Damn. And it mm. felt like, it just felt like we were. Yeah. But we weren't even dating, and it was just constantly, like, constant fights all the time. And I know at this time, too, our whole family noticed that shift in you. Um, because for those of you guys that know Angie, like, she's a very happy person. She's very, um, very social and very just, like... I'm the life of the party. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's, she's just really, like, not the type of person to be, like, down and, and sad. But the last maybe year of that relationship, which was not even a relationship, she just completely changed. She was angry a lot of the time. I was angry so much. All the time. You were constantly, like, crying. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime anyone would bring him up, like, you'd cry. For those who don't know me... I'm a crybaby. She is. I just yeah. cry. Like, it's she just does. my way of, like, letting it out. But I would even say, like, the past two years. Mm. I would even say a year. Maybe the past two years. Obviously, like, last year just feels so recent. But I would just always find myself crying. Yeah. All the time. All the time. I mean, I have threads and threads of our text messages of just, like, you know, you telling me how you felt and just what had happened and fights and um, everything that involved this person was just not good and it sucks because you know I saw a completely different side of him you know I I honestly could not believe it um but yeah Angie was just completely different and we would tell her like Angie you need to like get get out like and we would tell her like Angie like look at we know this person or you know go talk to someone else or like all these situations but she was you know she was, was just, just there caught up in the idea you that were there. Yeah. we were gonna end up together mm. um you know after knowing him for so long I yeah. did grow a strong affection towards him mm-hmm. even besides the verbal abuse you know because we would just spend so much time together mm-hmm. that he honestly became like my best friend yeah um but I don't think the family noticed until who who he was or it sucks because I don't want to I don't want you guys to get this idea that this person is a bad person because yeah. he has really good you know um things about him and <laughs> we're even, human you know yeah. we make mistakes exactly yeah but he just wasn't the fit for me right he just was not meant for me and I think the family saw that mm-hmm. um once they noticed, or once once he did what he did at my dad's birthday party. Yes. And we'll, I think we'll that's that. when it all shifted. Yeah, that was a... Damn. 
<laughs> that was a rough but yeah, day. Yeah, I was just always yeah. bitter, always sad. Um, yeah. I remember one time, and it hit me so hard, one of my aunts, um, this aunt is just known to say whatever's on her mind. And we she's love like, that. Well, you, yeah. She's like, well, you just, you're just bitter all the time now. Mm-hmm. She just said it like that. And I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not. Like, I was even trying to fight. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> but it's true. Like, yeah. my, I was just always pissed off for some reason. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to be around the family. Um, and that was a sensitive topic for you. Yeah. Like, anyone brought it up, you shut down. You're like, nope. I would bye. act so defensive about it. Yeah, I'm like, no. you really were. Yeah, so then um, it was my father-in-law's birthday party. Um, he turned 50, so we threw this huge party for him. And, um, you know, we obviously invited him. At that point, no one really knew what was going on with Angie, but we all knew that they were dating, not dating. Yeah. And so he was invited. Um, and he went, and um, friends that we grew up with were there as well. And then what happened, Angie? So what happened was there was alcohol mm-hmm. at this party. Tons of it. Tons of it. <laughs> um, and I remember just turning around and he was just kept on drinking. I never yeah. got, I never knew to what point he had gone to the point where he was. Yeah. Because um, if you guys know me, I'm a planner. I basically planned my whole entire dad's birthday party. Yes, you did. So, yes, I had, like, one or two drinks, but I wasn't, like, you know... Participating. I wasn't participating, exactly. I was, you know, trying to make sure that everything was running smoothly at mm-hmm. my dad's birthday party. While, on the other hand, every time I turned around, he was just, like, taking shots. <laughs> and I was, and like... Your sister was and my shots. sister was taking shots <laughs> with him. And speaking of my sister, she brought this friend that we had known for like a long oh, time. Yeah. She's like we grew well, up you with knew her. her from yeah, I knew childhood. her. Yeah. Um and let's just say she's very out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um next thing you know, not to make this, you know, this story long, um he started like dancing with her and started like kind of just like flirting with her and she was like flirting back. And it was suggestive, you know, the dancing. It was it was honestly Angie I had secondhand embarrassment for you because, like, everyone knew how in love you were with this person. And, like, he was out there just, like, not caring, you know? And yeah. It, in, it front of my, in front of my family. family. And it wasn't just, like, dancing. It was... I heard. Yeah. I, I left because yeah. I couldn't yeah. be there. Point is, he ended up getting super drunk that super night. Super drunk. Guys... This goes to show, like, the type of people that my, like, my family, like, who they are. They took him to my grandma's house, mm-hmm. let him sleep there. Yep. The next morning, my grandma made coffee for him. Yep. They offered him, like, you know, they basically gave him a place where to, like, spend the night because he couldn't go home. Because if he went home, his parents would have, like, yeah. murdered him. And especially knowing what he had done to you. Exactly. You know, he completely... I mean, our family took him in like one of our own and we loved on him and everything. And he goes and does this at your dad's birthday party with all the family, all the friends there, seeing how he was being with this girl. Like when I mean like dancing, like it was, it was not It was dancing. like bumping and grinding, It was guys. full on like a show. And everyone kind of <laughs> stepped back and was like, is this really happening? Yeah. My, me and my aunts, we were pissed. Like, we were fuming. 
And yet it was us, like, you know, the aunts and everyone, like, you know, just take him to grandma's. He'll sleep there, talk to him in the morning. And I guess grandma and, and our aunt talked to him, right? Yeah, so obviously this is where my family started getting involved. And yeah. they kind of started talking to him, like, what was going on between us. And for all of you listening, like, that should have been my – that should have been where, when – what am I trying to say? <laughs> that should have been the point that I should have just stopped everything. Yeah. Stopped our relationship. Yeah. If he was able to do that in front of my family mm-hmm. and not care. I mean, obviously, he, he cared because the next day he reached out to me and apologized and apologized to, like, all of you everyone, guys. Everyone. He sent, like, a mass, you know, text. But that should have been the point where I realized, like, I can't do this like I shouldn't be with this person and we make mistakes you know don't get me wrong it's not about in the current climate that we live in where oh we're canceling the whole world for sure it's not about that you know we know firsthand I make mistakes I I know I could have handled so many different situations so much more differently but I think when you love someone and you care about someone and you care about their feelings there's no way in hell that you're gonna do that especially in an in an important event like that and with the people who were around like if you could do that publicly like what are things that you're capable of behind closed doors you know exactly and so yeah I mean we've obviously talked and because we had a very long conversation about that too I'm like dude like you know what the hell and I know that he really felt sorry but I think you guys were just so in over your heads that you guys were so toxic for each other, but you couldn't let go. Yeah. Someone had to do it at some point. Yeah. I think from his end, I feel like he couldn't let go because he knew that I was always a person that I was, that was going to be there for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you... At the end of the day, he knew that he was able to count on me. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the reasons why he never... Why he always reached out and why he always... Yeah, because you would literally drop everything. Like, if he called you, you were there. You yeah. know, you were you were that person. Yeah. Which says a lot about your character. But then in the long run, you know, there can be people who could take advantage of that, which yeah. sucks. So then, um, obviously, that situation happened and that didn't stop you. What led to you... Or what led to the moment where you knew, like, 100%, like, you're done. You have to get out. So I think, so when that situation happened, that happened maybe, like, the second year of us talking. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I still, (laughs) I was still there for another two years. And during those two years, it only got worse. Yeah. Um, There was another situation that we won't get into because of lack of time, but there was a situation that happened in Vegas where it involved another girl as Mm -hmm. well. And I still, mm-hmm. and I still decided to keep talking to him. And yeah. honestly, you guys, um, like Tanya mentioned, um, I'm the type of person that just goes above and beyond for like the people that I care about. Um, and I let a lot slide. I'm a very forgiving person. Yeah, you but are. I think exactly what she said. There's people that just took advantage of that. And I think a lot of it, like stems from like what I mentioned early in in the podcast of coming from a broken home and I'll admit that it was basically like daddy issues Mm. you know like I felt as a kid I always felt 
kind of rejected mm -hmm. and I was scared of like people leaving right because obviously like my dad left mm -hmm. you know and I mean my dad's still in the picture but yeah. he just like left you know the house and I felt rejection from like certain members in the family and um so I think from my part I feel like that's why mm -hmm. I let so many things slide from him mm -hmm. because even though he was toxic even though I'm getting emotional <laughs> as you can That's tell. Um, um, even though, like, he was toxic, verbally abusive, mm -hmm. like, we just weren't, you know how, you know that saying, like, person brings out the best in you? Right. He did not bring out the best in me, sadly, you know? He brought out the worst. Like, I saw parts of myself that I didn't even knew, like, like, oh my gosh, like, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I think that's why I kept it going for so long. And I remember there was this one specific night. It was a youth night. It was a worship night. And this is probably a few months before I decided to completely, completely let go. Yeah. Um, I was praying. I was in the back. And I was praying to myself. And I remember just hearing the words, like, let go. Yeah. Just let go. And I remember I started crying because... I felt so bad, but my answer was no. Yeah. Like, I straight up was telling God, I can't. Mm -hmm. I can't let go. You were because holding on to that. I was holding on. I, I, I thought, like, I already put so much, like, effort and, like, commitment into, mm -hmm. like, basically being with this person for the, like, past three going into four years. Like, I can't let go. Like, I was still living with that hope that eventually it's going to work out. And it's crazy because we don't realize how much our childhood affects us. You know, you're talking about, yeah. you know, you grew up in a very dysfunctional household. Mm -hmm. um, you know, your parents separated. And for me, last year, a lot of, you know, I, I, I talked about it in the last podcast that I had the miscarriage. And for me, that was just the tip of the iceberg. I had a lot of um, childhood trauma from, like, sexual abuse and mm -hmm. um, losing my mom at at such an early age and then feeling also that rejection with my dad even because he would date people and I felt like he would just ignore me and my brothers yeah so for me I bottled all of that up and then the miscarriage happened and everything came out of the seams you know like literally everything that I thought I had healed from it was still there and it was still lingering and it, it just brought me to a very dark place. Yeah. And so the same thing for you, you know, our childhood really does affect the decisions and the actions that we take as adults now. Mm -hmm. And for you, that longing was to feel like you belonged, that you, that you wanted to feel like you were loved for who you are. Yeah. And that you felt like that person wasn't going to leave. And I think that was your biggest fear to be by yourself, yeah. you know. And I think because I wasn't fully like rooted in God, mm -hmm. um, that I didn't know, I didn't know how to trust in God mm -hmm. and fully give him my all. I was always like in and out, right. like our relationship, my relationship with God was always in and out that I just always looked to him right. as like, he could give that to me, mm -hmm. which I was completely wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so but then, what was the breaking point? So the breaking point was this early on in the year, mm -hmm. this year, 2019, 2019. 2019. Um, 
It was my birthday. Mm-hmm. Everything happens around your birthday. Right? <laughs> right. Oh, my God. It's so weird. Um, so it was my birthday. Um, I had a birthday party. And there was alcohol. Mm-hmm. Why is there alcohol always like oh a... Oh, my God. God. I promise you guys that I... Let's continue. <laughs> um, How could something so godly be so toxic? Right? How could, exactly. Jesus made wine. <laughs> Jesus made wine. No, um, I really don't drink that much. But, at all. Yeah. Let's just... It's let's okay. move on. <laughs> um, so, it was my birthday party, mm. and basically, everything came to the light. Yeah. So, to give you some context... Um, last year I met a very good friend who was going to church and her and I became very close and yeah, I could say she was like one of my best friends, honestly. Like we got to that point where we were just sharing everything. We had similar, um, a similar background and when it came to like things involving this person she's the one I would go up to and kind of like basically vent vent to um so let's backtrack to like November December um I basically found out that she was flirting slash talking to to him Mm -hmm. to this guy that I've been you know basically dating for or not dating but on and off for the past um, three to four years. And so I confronted both of, both of them. And at first, they both denied it. Mm-hmm. And then they said it was nothing. It was just flirting. We never did anything. We never, like, went on a date. Like, we never went out. It was just, you know, flirting. Mm-hmm. So me being me, <laughs> I was like, okay. I'm like, I obviously, it did hurt. But I was like, I forgive you guys. Let's move forward. If you guys are saying that it's not happening anymore, then it's not happening. And we left it at that. So fast forward to my birthday party. That night, we were just all intoxicated. Mm -hmm. um, And things started, you know, coming to the light. And one of them being that they weren't just flirting. They had actually kissed. Mm -hmm. They had been, you know, going out. So, just all hell broke loose that night. And after that, um, I think that's when I really decided, like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And so I completely, completely cut ties with him. Was there, like, an altercation, like a fight happen? When, so you say that things came to light at your birthday party. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember getting text messages that night. I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Because um, you were basically drunk Yeah. at this point. We all were. So what, what did you do? So the reason that it came into the light was because I noticed that they were talking at the party. Mm. Um, and I felt like they were just together the whole entire... Like, every time I turned around, I felt like mm. they were just always next to each other. Mm-hmm. So me... You just say something when you're drunk, and me being drunk out loud, I think I made a comment like, um, he's not even paying attention to me, like he's just paying attention to her. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I said that, it just, 
he heard it. He's like, I don't want to be here. She started crying and everyone was just fighting each other. I had friends that were trying to like back me up and trying to fight her. Oh my God. <laughs> and it, it just went crazy. And so yeah. finally we, I talked to him and he just confessed everything. Mm. He confessed that they had kissed. Like it wasn't just flirting. Like they actually, you know, had something like a romantic relationship. Um, so like I mentioned, I completely cut him off. I basically took a month off yeah. of not seeing him, not seeing her. I just basically needed time for myself. I didn't want, I was just so hurt. Yeah. Um, with him, I was hurt with him, but that was just like the, like the tip of like the, what did you say that phrase? The, mm tip of the iceberg or yeah yeah tip, tip of the iceberg okay yeah. that was just a tip of the iceberg i don't know <laughs> that was Clearly. a tip of the iceberg <laughs> for him yeah now with her it was honestly a shock yeah and it probably hurt me more from her than it did from him mm. because from him like sadly i kind of saw it coming right with her i was like what like you're the person that i would go and vent to like you're so Point is, I took a month off. I completely cut ties with him. And then my healing process started. Right. And that's when we went to Texas. Mm -hmm. And I remember in Texas, we actually went to Upper Room. You yeah. guys know Upper Room. They're a big church in Dallas, Texas. And their worship was just so beautiful. It was. It was so beautiful. And I remember that night, I just started bawling. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't even tears of, like, sadness. It was tears of, like... God telling me, like, it's done. Like, like letting go. Letting go. Like, mm. it, it's done. You don't have to be in this relationship mm. anymore. You don't have to, you know, continue being in that mindset. Like, it, it's sad, but it physically and emotionally just, it just drained me. Yeah. It, it drained me. And so I felt like I was able to basically let that go, put it um, behind me, mm. and then start fresh. Yeah. And one of the things that I did wrong when it came to my healing was that I decided to let this friend of mine back into my life. Mm -hmm. Because I, I do, and I till this day, I truly do care about her, and things between her and I are cool. But I think I was just so focused on, like, forgiving, 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 like what the Bible has to say about forgiving, that I didn't take time for me to just be angry. Right. And I think... It, that's not bad to feel that emotion right. because at the end of the day, we're human and we're going to feel sad. We're going to feel angry. Mm -hmm. But my idea of it was I can't feel those emotions. Like I have to feel whatever, mm -hmm. you know, the Bible tells me to feel, to forgive, to love and to brush it, not brush it off, but basically like you wanting to kind of look good before God, you went to this person, to your friend, and forgave her. Yeah. And kind of acted as if nothing had happened. Exactly. And sometimes what we've learned because of our past traumas is that that's not the way to go sometimes. Exactly. Because we start almost imploding. You know, we hold on to these resentments and these kind of like irritations because of that person who has hurt us that we don't realize that it's actually more damaging to rush into a relationship like that again. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, I we started hanging out again, and I noticed that I started 
basically being sarcastic with her mm-hmm. and just throwing in Spanish we say indirectas, indirectas. basically like passive aggressive yeah. you know Very catty. um you were <laughs> yeah I was super catty with her and just because I feel like sadly I feel like I had that power to mm. now like the right right like mm. yeah exactly and I noticed that that wasn't right mm-hmm. and I remember I took her we went out and I basically told her that I've noticed the way that I've been you know acting towards her yeah and I had to apologize to her um and I just started doing my own thing mm-hmm. so now we're cool we really don't talk anymore um which I feel is just better for us and I think she understands that but when we do see each other, because she's really close to my sister, so yeah. I do see her, like, often, or she's around. Um, we'll say hi, you know, we'll talk here and then, but it's not, like, what it was, like what it was yeah. which is okay. Yeah. You know? But um, I think now I'm fully, I'm not pressuring myself to forgive, yet I think I just learned to forgive. Right. Because I think um, sometimes especially like in a situation like yours um at the moment when everything happened it was better not to forgive because when you thought you were forgiving to her you reacted very differently like your actions spoke differently like yeah. it wasn't really like you have forgiven her it yeah. was more like you know like I was saying I forgive you yet my actions mm-hmm. were like yeah yeah you were being itchy yeah <laughs> So, yeah, so then um, during this whole process, too, you know, we came back um, from Texas and you were going through all of that. You ended up leaving um, our home church as a result of getting away because he was also coming here, which he doesn't anymore. So you could come back if you want. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> That's so funny because he never came back he never since that came point. Back. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, oh, okay, I'm going to leave so he could stay. Yeah. He never came yeah. back. Um, yeah. So I ended up leaving my home church. Um, and it wasn't just because of that. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was just in a place where I felt stuck. I felt yeah. like my spiritual life was at a low. And I feel like... There's just like a lot of toxic memories and just situations at our church exactly and and the people surrounding too that you felt like you needed a clean break yeah yeah so i left um and now i go to free chapel free chapel chapel. so you're attending free chapel now and you are what are you doing there right now so i'm actively a one of the youth leaders Mm -hmm. there um and yeah, I just help out help out there. I'm also part of um the creative team. Mm-hmm. Um no, it's not the creative team. I really don't like I only when I get emails I'll I'll help out for that specific yeah. area of the church. So I don't <laughs> but even your know. Main, your main is youth. Youth, yeah. Okay. And it's been awesome, honestly. Um Pastor Jake and Nancy. I've known Nancy for about four years now. Um and her and her husband are just really awesome and basically you know I want to say like took me in but that sounds weird (laughs) um but yeah I've been working there and I work specifically with like youth girls so there's specific youth girls that I'll like reach out during the week Mm -hmm. um that I'll hang out with and basically just you know 
get to know their story and kind of share a little bit like about mine and just you know be on this like walk with them and it's been very refreshing Mm -hmm. being there um and yeah I love I love it that's awesome so now that you're plugged into a new church and you're a leader and you you've also surrounded yourself with people who love God and walk with you in your own journey um you've obviously done a lot of growing in your singleness so in this whole experience what has been your takeaway I'm gonna ask you like some quick fire shots right here so what has been your takeaway about love my takeaway about love um oh my gosh is there's like a timer for this let's do no I'm just kidding um I think my takeaway about love is I think now, um, now seeing it from, or looking at my past four years, what I was in was not love. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I thought it was, but it wasn't. Someone that loves you is, just doesn't do any of that, you know? They're inspiring, they challenge you to become a better person, um... They love you, I wouldn't say, like, regardless, like, you know, your flaws, because we all have flaws, but honestly, I don't even know how to answer that question. No, (laughs) I think, no, I get your point, because even, I mean, if you see it from both sides, you guys were almost, like, using each other as your crutches for what you were lacking. Yeah. So you needed him because you felt like he was your, I don't know, like, that person that you were going to be with he he had this perfect he was like that perfect person that you thought you needed yeah in your own mind and your own ideologies of what you think you need yeah but truly you know god has something completely different for you that he made you realize in this whole experience yeah and you know we can't speak for him or what he was looking for in you but you guys definitely had that relationship of kind of just using each other yeah, for sadly. Reason. Yeah. Yeah, and I think looking at it now, I've grown. I actually had a, a compliment not that long ago saying that what I went through and looking at me now, like they didn't think I was going to handle it as well as they thought they were. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a compliment or like a it's a backhand. Yeah, backhand, right? <laughs> um, but it's true. I think I I grew so much, but the reason why I was able to grow was because I completely surrendered myself in God Mm. um I found like my love through him I saw myself differently yeah you know I decided that it's not what people think of me or Mm -hmm. how they see me but how God sees me yeah and um it's kind of like the whole metaphor in the Bible of being like trees planted by water yeah you know the closer we are to God and the closer that we or even the moment that we allow God to be in us, you know, kind of like we accept his will for what it is sometimes. Yeah. Um, that's the moment where we experience real healing and we experience real love. Yeah. You know, we can spend a whole life searching for love in all the wrong places and it will never fulfill us. It'll only fulfill those certain moments when things are good. But there's nothing like falling back on God where he's going to get us, you know, he's going to love us through everything, even through our bad moments and 
moments when we really suck, like he's still going to love us regardless, <laughs> you know? And that's, yeah. that's a whole experience in itself. I mean, it made you understand that if you cannot, one, love yourself, you really mm-hmm. can't love anyone else. Exactly. And also, it, I think it made you realize that without having God as your center point, mm. you can't really find a love like his anywhere else either. Yeah. So everything kind of falls back onto returning to that first love. Yeah, yeah. I for sure feel that I had to go through what mm-hmm. I had to go through in order to be at the point where I am now. Yeah. Um, I find myself like nowadays just being a lot happier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm truly, truly happy. And it's not because of like anybody else or because it's truly because I just completely just decided to surrender myself mm-hmm. to God yeah, and just see myself through his eyes. And, um, it's been honestly like the most beautiful thing to experience these past like eight months. Yeah. So what's your takeaway about friendships? So with friendships, um, you know what? We're human, yeah. you know, people are always going to fail us. And yeah. I think that's like the one thing that we have to understand. Mm-hmm. We can't truly put our whole entire being into a person, you know, yeah. and not even our spouse or, you know, it, it, or we have to fully just be rooted in God because yeah. when someone does fail you, you know that, you know who, who isn't. Yeah. Right. And that's God. Um, so I've learned, and to be honest with you, um, I feel like it's a part of me that God's still working on because I've been let down so many times. I kind of, I tend to put this guard up now Mm -hmm. of who I'm going to let like enter my life. And I tend to be very shy at at times when Mm -hmm. it comes to like being surrounded by people because I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to fully give myself to, to them and then be let down. Um, so that's something that I'm still struggling with and it's something that God's still working in me. Um, but that doesn't go to say that there isn't some great people and God's brought some amazing people into my life these past eight months. Um, that are always like supporting me and constantly like you know checking up on me and um it's amazing that I still have friends like that and that he's brought in new people as well right what is your takeaway about self-worth so about self-worth um honestly the past four years I saw myself as like if you could only like know or see like what how I saw myself mm-hmm. um, because I was being belittled so much or because I was constantly being called stupid and you know all these things I started believing that about myself yeah. you know to the point where I was just kind of like um, not wanting to fully let people know certain parts of me mm-hmm. you know because of like oh what are they going to say Yeah, but I think now like God, I, I, I think about like what God has done in my life and what he's put me through and all the situations that I've been able to like overcome. And now I see myself as like someone who is able to be an inspiration to others, someone right. who is able to 
I'm able to share my story and have people relate to me. And that's just awesome, you know, that God's able to use me in that sense. And honestly, he's done so much. Like, I'm currently going to school to become an esthetician, going to church. Um, I work in a setting where that I love because it has to do with like my career and I'm starting to see like all these potential or like you know gifts basically gifts that I have and and talents and how I'm able now to use that towards ultimately just being there for people and reaching out to others Um, so I just I see myself as you know strong um, and beautiful and worthy so I think, you know, my whole character in that sense has changed. Yeah, it's awesome. And um, what is or what has been your takeaway about God? That in moments where you feel like he's not there, mm-hmm. he always is. Yeah. I, I think the one thing when we went to Dallas, all I was able to say was just thank you. Mm-hmm. Just thank you. And even now, like, when I open up with prayer, when I talk to him and my, you know, personal devotion to him, I just always thank him before anything. It doesn't matter if I come from a broken household. It doesn't matter if I went through this toxic relationship. These are all things that, like I said, you know, made me to the who I am now. And I'm just thankful for being honestly surrounded, like, giving me a family. If you guys don't know, like, majority of, like, my dad's family, they are... Christian, mm-hmm. you know, we we all go to church and some people don't have that. And mm-hmm. I think it's just such a beautiful thing. Like I always thank God for that mm-hmm. because I'm able to, for example, go to you and go to my aunts. Um, and I know that I'm going to get advice, but advice that's godly, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but he's just so good. Like, that's all I have to say. I know it's cliche, you know, we say it, like all the time, like <laughs> God, God is so good. good, but he, he truly is. Yeah, he is. And in his time, he's going to show you why you're going through certain things. Um, and he's just faithful. Like, yeah. he always wants the best for you. Yeah. Do you have any advice for anyone out there who find themselves in a relationship that's toxic? Maybe not necessarily a romantic one, but friendships. Run. No, <laughs> um, no I think to... I know it can be annoying sometimes when, like, family members or friends try to make you look at it from their perspective, mm-hmm. you know? Because I feel like sometimes we're so blinded, at least for me, I was so blinded to look at, you know, the relationship that I was in, and you guys all knew, yeah. <laughs> right? But I think to let them speak, because when they're speaking, especially, like, there's my one crazy, wild, no-filtered aunt, um, she was the one that would always bring it up, like, yeah. when it came to, like, family, and now I understand that the reason she would bring it up is because she was talking from experience, Yeah. so I think it's, like, letting other people who are close to you, obviously, don't let just, like, some random stranger tell you, like, I mean, if a, I mean, if a random stranger is able to notice that you're in a toxic relationship, <laughs> then that's, like, all you yeah, need to, Yeah, that's your like, red flag. Exactly. <laughs> Get out. Um, but... I think surround yourself with people who care about you and that mm. love you and take their advice for it. Cause at the end of the day, especially family, like, you mm. know, they want the best for you. Um, so just take their advice and it, it it's so, sometimes I have to like 
learn how to share my story because I get so frustrated because now that I'm like at this side you know Mm -hmm. like now that I'm able to see like damn like what was I thinking I get frustrated when people tell me like I'm you know I'm doing this or he treats me like that I'm like what are you doing (laughs) like run yeah um but yeah I think that would just be my, my my advice um learn or um hear from those who have already gone and then like you experience experience also that there was something always inside of you telling you that you need to stop or that you need to end should they listen to that voice Oh, for sure that's that's god telling you to run girl (laughs) no (laughs) or boy or boy um no yeah for sure i I remember telling my aunt not that long ago, because, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. She'll ask, like, oh, how, you know, how are you doing? And I remember telling her, I think you were there, too. Mm-hmm. I was like, I put myself through more hurt than what I was supposed to go through. Right. Sometimes it really be ourselves. Mm-hmm. It, it's not the devil. It's not the enemy mm-hmm. trying to, like, it's really be ourselves, putting ourselves in the situation that we're not called to be in. Right. You know, that God doesn't want you to be in. And yeah. there were so many times where I just felt like there's red flags. Yeah. They're there for a reason. You yeah. know, it could be something simple, like so small, or it could be something so big. Mm-hmm. But a red flag is a red flag. And especially if it's coming from God. Like, yeah. you know, the day that I, like I mentioned, that worship night where God was just telling me to let go. I was completely ignoring God, Yeah, you know? And I feel like that was kind of hit. Like, he knew what was coming. He knew yeah. what was coming the next few months. And I feel like he wanted to save me from yeah. going through that hurt. But I didn't listen. And God's yeah. like, okay, you don't want to listen? Well... You were like the people of Egypt. You didn't need to walk the exactly. freaking desert for 40 years. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I still did. Yep, and it did. hurt. And obviously, you know, thank God I'm not in that anymore. But... Yeah, listen to what what God has to say. Yeah, exactly. That inner voice. All right, so just to wrap up here, everyone, Angelina, to close us off, what would you tell a younger Angie, Angelina, if you had her in front of you? To not be so stupid. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, I think what I would tell my younger self, and it's something that I'm, I'm currently putting into practice, um, is to not rush into things so quickly, mm-hmm. to be patient. Um, I think I just found myself being in a place where I saw everyone else around me getting married or they were already married by this age. And mm-hmm. I was just like, what? Like, um, and to be vulnerable. Mm. I think I had to be vulnerable with myself and realize yeah. that I had some daddy issues going on that yeah. I had to, you know, take care of. That obviously I was making bad choices because of it. And um yeah, I think that's to continue just being true with myself. Right. Honest. Yeah. With yourself. And I think that's the root of everything. I think that's the moment where you begin to like get healed. Yeah. You know, like I talked to you guys about in last episode too that it wasn't until I started realizing like there's something wrong inside of me that I can't explain, but I know that it's wrong and I need to get help. That's the moment where everything shifted for me. And even though that moment of vulnerability and honesty with myself led me to an even darker place, I think I needed to get to that dark place to finally find that 
light at the end of the tunnel. You know, yeah. sometimes we have to go through hell. But in retrospect, I think we can both say, like, it's kind of been worth going through that because now we're healing and we're breaking those chains of our childhood that has kept us there for so long. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy. And we all have it. Even yeah, like, definitely. I was listening to her preaching, like, even the most perfect, you know, your family's together. Like, we all have daddy mm-hmm. issues. Right? Like, it's just... Or just baggage. Yeah, baggage. It's just... Baggage, yeah. We all we, we all go through it. Like, no one... No family and no one is perfect. Yeah. And, yeah. For sure. Well, Angie, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that we're not so far removed from that moment in time. You know, it was just earlier this year. To That's crazy. That's crazy. It's so recent still. But, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you are healing and that you... That you're growing at a church where you feel like God's kind of bringing everything into perspective. And you know, the healing, I think it's just going to be a continual process. I think that God takes us into different seasons and we'll always look back to those moments and see like how far we've come. So don't forget those moments because they really bring us like just, I think it's just the God story that God uses our story for the greater cause of yeah. humanity. And I hope that um, at any moment, know that you can reach out, reach out to me, uh, reach out to Angelina. I'll make sure to tag her as well on the Instagram post. Um, but also, um, don't be afraid to speak out. Never be afraid to speak out. Yeah. Um, so just to end, uh, we love you guys and thank you again for tuning in. And I hope that you guys um, enjoyed listening to us talk and blab for the past hour and a half. That was long. Sorry if it was long. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) All right. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great week. Love you. Bye.